Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica Five Cigar Company. Straight from the Honduran factory to your hands, the company was built by Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame and Cuban master blender Hamlet Peretti's. The entire cigar line is blended by Rob and Hamlet and is refined with feedback from a hand-selected tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can even jump on the FOH Forum right now and post reviews and comments. And you might even hear from Rob or Hamlet when you do. Rob has opened the discount floodgates and now exclusive to Lizard listeners, Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off the entire store. That's all five packs, all 25 count bundles, all 50 count bundles using promo code LIZARDPOD at Fabrica005.com. That's code LIZARDPOD, one word. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over $125 US. Again, use code LIZARDPOD for 10% off the entire Fabrica 5 store right now. That's Fabrica005.com. Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards Podcast. So good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo, and tonight I'm joined by Rooster, Pooba, Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some whiskey, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 52nd official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a Cupid cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We welcome Dan from Cigar Salute for a deep dive on counterfeit Cuban cigars, we discuss my purchase of fake Cubans from a trusted retailer and how to avoid making the same mistake. And we review the current state of Habanos SA, all among a variety of other things for the next two hours. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar and enjoy as we smoke an aged St. Louis Ray Regios. A Corona Extra tonight from St. Louis Ray from Cuba on the podcast. A uh, 48 ring gauge by five inch cigar. The Cuban factory name of this Vitola is a Hermosos Number no. 4. And this, boys, is the only cigar that uh, St. Louis Ray makes in regular production, which I know... That's ridiculous. Our guest here, Dan, thinks is a sin, and I think is a sin. <laughs> uh, and I can't wait to smoke this thing tonight. It's and by beer. the way, D- and Dan loves Hermosos. I know he does. <laughs> I know he does. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's a single bad uh, Hermosos Number no. 4 Vitola that Cuba makes. Yeah, you know, if if you, if you look at them uh, by Vitola, uh, every cigar in that size that Cuba offers, in my in my opinion, is uh, is a special cigar. Wow! You know, yeah, I like to learn about. Yeah, those. the Schwa Supreme. That's a that's a Hermosos, yeah. right? Yes, sir. The uh, Vegas Robana Famosos, the uh, H. Upman Connoisseur Number One. Uh, yeah. 
what else do we have? Uh, the poor Lauren Yaga uh, Picadores, which uh, I'm kind of on the fence about, but a lot of people love that cigar. Hmm. Well, this is the first time I haven't had this cigar before. Oh, no. you haven't? No, I've yeah. never oh, had I have. It's good. Man. This Not is my first time it's having this. I was telling Dan last night. I've never had this cigar. I was really excited to do this on the pod today and with Dan. So hopefully nice. you get some uh, fruit notes out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Apparently All right, boys. That's what it's known for. Let's cut this thing. See, we're getting on the cold draw of the wrapper. St. Louis Ray. So we're welcoming on tonight uh, a very close friend of, of the Lizards. Uh, Puba and Dan connected. Dan is the uh, proprietor, the curator of Cigar Salute a fantastic online resource for the Cuban cigar community and the cigar community at large. Uh, and we'll get into uh, specifically why we decided to ask Dan to come on. Uh, very kindly, he decided to join us uh, about some fake Cuban cigars that happened um, in our world. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, we're uh, very, very happy to have you on, Dan. Thanks for joining us tonight. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Got it. Honestly, yeah, the cold draw on this is fantastic. Mm, fantastic. Wide open draw for me. Yeah, it's very good. I'm getting a lot of dry fruit on this guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. dried fruit, a little bit of a grassy note. Mm. A bit, yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's delicious. Beautiful. You guys are smoking on 2016s, if I recall correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, OMS June 16 is our box code. Yep. How's, yeah, the, I, how's the band on yours, uh, Dan? Because some of, some of the SLR Regios... Like the middle part, like the gold emblem, has a lot of detail, and sometimes it's kind of like blurry. Hmm. This, this, uh, one this one's definitely on the blurrier side. This is a uh, ORG uh, November two thousand fifteen. Um, the last one I have from uh, from this particular batch. Uh, this uh, I find usually they're not typically uh, overly uh, detailed on the embossing. Uh, some, sometimes I do notice uh, better embossing than others from uh, batch to batch, but um, mostly on the special edition ones, you know, like the regionals seem to have the, the high quality embossing. Um, I'm not sure about the regular production ones, though. I have to look at my more uh, current boxes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't looked personally. I haven't looked at the band in detail on this particular cigar because I haven't smoked that many of them. There is some detail on this one, looks yeah. like. But there's some, but it's I see what muddled. you're saying. It's muted. It's muddled, yeah. It's yeah. muted. It's yeah. muddled, yeah. Yep. yep. Just like yeah. a crest or something, right? Yeah. Uh, can we smoke Gizmo now, please? please? <laughs> 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 Let's light this Let's thing, boys. <laughs> the St. Louis Ray Regios from Cuba. Again, it's a 48 ring gauge cigar by five inches. And uh, very, very excited. This is my first time smoking this cigar tonight, so. So, Dan, I didn't know who you were until I saw your face on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> but I know you I know you now. I'm a fan of your posts. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, speaking of being a fan of uh of Dan's content, um that's kind of how I stumbled upon him, but but indirectly through through Dr. Joe. And the Dr. Joe show for the listeners out there, I I, I reckon I mean is his content getting slightly dated at this point? Maybe, but uh, it's pretty educational if you're interested in Cuban cigars. He was a really passionate uh, guy. It comes through in his podcast, so it's kind of entertaining because um, uh, it's just him, and sometimes he's just yelling at the camera. 
are his. <laughs> and you're just, you know, you're just like, you're just like, oh my God, he's like, I can't believe that this is going on. But anyway, are his uh, videos still up? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God, I'm yeah so, so I really nice. enjoyed watching them because it was just, it's this quirky but informative long form thing, and that and so Dan was kind of inspired to do um, through like subsequent communications after we connected. I started watching Cigar Salute and Dan's content, I think, or how he approached it was somewhat inspired, and correct me if I'm wrong, by Dr. Joe. Oh, for sure. It absolutely was. Um, I feel like something like cigars, it deserves an in-depth, comprehensive uh, discussion. You know, how could you go through something as as complex as the as the cigar world without taking time to do it and how could you teach somebody or or try to um convey a point or educate without going into detail and giving people the information that um is uh either uh uh scattered around the internet in all different places and maybe people don't know where to look or uh somebody that's just coming into the cigar hobby and you know, delivering uh, a comprehensive piece of uh, media to them for them to uh, to consume and study and, and you know uh, learn from. So that's just my style. I like to be you know detailed, thorough, and I like to uh, take my time. Mm. Yeah, and we do the same thing. I mean, we do a long form podcast here. You know, and I love that an hour, about you hour guys. hour and a half. Yeah, so. Absolutely. So I let me let me just say for a second. <laughs> This cigar is unbelievable. Dude, it's a flavor bomb right off the bat. I mean, it's like potpourri. It's ridiculous. It's fruity. There's a little hay. I hope it continues. I mean, this is a fen- this is off to a phenomenal start. Oh yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, mine's good. It's um Oh, it's very it, at this point, I mean, it's very easy going. It's got a lot of body, which is super nice. Um Yeah. It's very enjoyable, right? Great, great combustion. Pagoda, yeah, you gotta good. love this one, huh? Yeah, I'm, loving construction. I'm loving it. Yeah, <laughs> this is, and great you flavor. know, now I feel like I may, might have made a mistake having a sip of the whiskey because, you know, I think it, you know sometimes the whiskey can overpower the flavors, so I'm just going to uh, keep smoking. The for construction a bit. on it is actually, um, I think, it's nicer. Superb. It's yeah. superb. Rappers, rappers nicer than what maybe what would be expected for. For these, maybe. So you know, I had a I had a Juan Lopez number one this afternoon. <laughs> I thought that was like a fantastic cigar. Yeah. I mean, I love the Juan Lopez number one. Can I and, say? And this after after that, I mean, I didn't think the Juan Lopez could be beat. Yeah, this is <laughs> what, what a start. Is up there, there. It is Holy a little shit. reminiscent of the one. It is a bit. It is well, the Juan yeah. Lopez can be beat. I mean, oh yeah. No, I mean uh, Juan Lopez number one that I had today was for some reason like you know how you get like. I like it better than the number two. Of course. But the one that I had today yeah. was exceptional in that size. 100%. In the afternoon setting, it, yeah. it was just, you know, it was really good. Very satisfying. Dan, how's your smoking? One thing I really love about the uh, St. Louis Ray Regio is um, I always find like a strong uh, floral component in the yep. cigar. And that, that's something I love about Cuban tobacco. And I feel like St. Louis Ray does it really well. Yeah, and, it's um, really nice. Dan's singing my song right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just too too <laughs> well, bad right, they only though, have this size. Floral. It is yeah. floral. I mean, you can t- it, it. It is. Yeah. So great suggestion, Dan, that we pulled this out tonight. 
Very nice. You know what I'm drinking with this is herbal tea, which is actually like pairing nice with it, which sounds really not that cool, and it's uh, not <laughs> not what I'm usually doing. It's a little out of character. <laughs> a little out of character for me, considering how much I drink. Um, it's refined. Alcohol. It's refined. Usually I'm knee-deep in some cognac by now or some scotch, <laughs> goddammit. Hey, but, there's uh, whatever works for you, you know? So uh, I guess let's get into it, boys. We're coming up on Halloween. I was telling Dan, and uh, you know, scary holiday, right? Spooky. You got tricked or treated. There's, you get tricked or you get treated. Not only did I get tricked, but is there anything scarier or spookier than purchasing a <laughs> fake no. box of Cohiba Robustos from a trusted retailer? Uh, that was, I got duped, man. And uh, the only reason that I realized I had gotten duped was because I saw the conversation that Dan and Greg were having uh, about these uh, 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 serial numbers on these boxes that were, that were coming in that were wrong. And I went into my Tupperware, and I pulled the box out, and I said, holy shit, I got a fake box. Looked amazing. Everything about it looked great. And I called up Dan. I said, Dan, I'm going to send you this box, and I need you to put it under the microscope. And Dan did a full investigation of it, put, put it under the scope, and uh, and kind of blew up the internet a little bit on Reddit and and elsewhere. Tell us a little bit about what you found in my box, how this whole thing started with this specific ring of really good counterfeit cigars, how they ended up in these trusted retailers, and and I guess let's start there. Let's start there. Sure. This very well done counterfeit cigar. Uh, this style of uh, counterfeit cigar, it's really kind of been replacing the uh you know the the old uh tropes about glass tops and and the really uh you know janky looking fake bands like over the last couple of years you've been seeing it more and more um uh, that you know with counterfeit cigars they're they're getting better and better at uh duplicating the real deal as far as uh aesthetics go uh, more often than not now, I'm seeing scenarios where uh, it appears that the bands are either uh, genuine bands that were stolen and, and, you know, made it into the black market somehow, or they are absolute perfect copies, which I don't believe that they are. I, I personally think that they're stolen, genuine bands. Uh, because so like out the back door of the Cohiba factory, like stolen? Like, what does that mean exactly? Well, that's certainly possible. Um, you know, if you think about the economy of Cuba, especially right now, uh, it's certainly uh, not too far of a stretch to think about, you know, a handful of, uh, you know, bundles of bands uh, making their way out the back door because they can mean serious money for somebody, uh, you know, if they know what to do with them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I'm seeing is that they're using uh, with the with the increased accessibility of custom roll Cuban cigars, it really isn't hard to get a bundle of Cuban robustos and slap a bundle of Cohiba bands on them, and now you have transformed a two dollar custom roll into a you know twenty five to sixty dollar cigar, and you know the consumer that winds up with this box 
they light the cigar up and they get that unmistakable Cuban flavor where they, they, they know it's Cuban tobacco, but they're not getting the cigar that they paid for. Right. Yeah. And they're like, you know, so, you know, a lot of things can run through somebody's mind at that point where it's, oh, is this, you know, just a, a, a bad batch? Was it, you know, uh, were, were the cigars poorly stored or it's just need more time? Are, are they a little sick or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. They, they're very, very smart about how they can fool people. And um, the devil is often in the details in the way that you catch these uh, bogus examples. You know, um, as far as these specific counterfeits go, I originally stumbled upon them uh, probably back in January. Wow. Uh, one of my other viewers, a uh, gentleman named Chad, he uh, contacted me and sent me an email with some photos of a couple of boxes of cigars that he had purchased from uh, Finest Cuban Cigars. Right. And uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but about three and a half years ago, I actually did an expose on Finest Cuban Cigars also. Yep. And ironically, that was that was Dr. Joe's favorite retailer back in yeah. the day, remember? Yeah. But Joe, Joe I, had a... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. He he had that. Um, it was, but I mean, I don't. I it seems like things have changed over time in defense of Doctor Joe. Uh, but anyway, you would know more about that. So this guy Chad, he sent me uh, photos of a box of uh, Monte Cristo Supremos, the uh, you know uh, the LA? edition limitada. Yeah, yeah. And um, he sent photos of a box of uh, Cohiba Talisman. So the first thing I noticed was uh, that the packaging looked flawless. You know, uh, the, the Monte Cristo Supremos, they come with that, uh, that graphic uh, outer cardboard shell and everything. And then it has that nice uh, yellow lacquered box and everything. And, and the packaging, like to me, it looked legitimate. Or mm. if, if it wasn't from Habanos directly, then it was you know, purchased from the same maker that makes the actual box because uh, it looked like you would not be able to differentiate between, you know, the uh, the box that you got for Finest Cuban Cigars or the one that you got from La Casa del Habano in terms of, you know, visuals right. and whatnot. All the, all the, uh, the paperwork was there and everything, you know, like the little uh, placards and, and uh, the, uh, the uh, Habanos uh, rice paper with the uh, storage uh, and care instructions on it and whatnot. Everything that you would want to see was there. Right. But a couple of things caught my eye. Um, and uh, this is a, a tool that some of us use uh, when authenticating cigars that um, a lot of people aren't privy to. And that's using the serial number and uh, comparing it against the box date to uh, check for uh, accuracy in the sequence of the serial number. So the serial number for listeners, by the way, is when you get a box of Cuban cigars and you see a picture of it, there's a white um, there's a white label that comes across the top of the lid and down the side of the, the box of cigars with a barcode on it and a serial, a serial number on it that I think is what, 10 digits or 12 digits, Dan? 12. 
12 digits. And then that, so that's what Dan is talking about referring to, um, comparing to the box code. Right. And the prefixes, Dan, is what you're talking about on the serial, which indicates the year. Right. Um, yeah, it doesn't always fit neatly into a specific, uh, year. Like, you know, the, the first six digits really are the ones that, uh, it, it, uh, narrows it down to roughly like you know a 12 month period of time but it doesn't necessarily line up perfectly with the year with the calendar right you know like they don't say january to january is uh like every serial starts with the first four digits are zero so you know they don't say zero 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 five is 2021 right uh, because it started in like september 2020 right uh but it is sequential and it does go up over time. So one thing to remember is that you can sometimes have an older box of cigars with a newer serial number in terms of sequence, but you can never have a newer box of cigars with an older serial number. Mm, right. Which is exactly so, what happened here, right? Yes. The, uh, the serial number on this box of Monte Cristo Supremos suggested that it was uh, that it would have a box date from either late 2018 or early 2019, and the box date was October 2020. Mm, right, so it was a three or a four, probably on there. It was, uh, I believe, it started with uh, zero 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 four two. Four, right? Four. So exactly yeah. like you said, it started with the four. Um, so having that big of a difference in terms of, uh, you know, versus the box date and the serial number, that to me is a red flag. Yeah. And Chad had taken it upon himself. Uh, he had a, uh, he had a fluorescent black light and he also had a microscope and he was the one actually who pointed out, uh, on the warranty seal, if you shine a, uh, either a UV uh, flashlight or a uh, fluorescent black light on the warranty seal, you will see a uh, in uh, in uh, UV ink. You'll see a coat of arms uh, stamp in the center of the seal. Yeah. He was the one who pointed out. He said, "What are these digits here?" Uh, and there was uh, six numbers on this uv stamp and i said those aren't supposed to be there uh if you look at a uh a uh, uv stamp on a legitimate box of cigars uh that uv stamp does not have any digits present in it and after uh taking a look at it for a few minutes i uh, i realized what had happened if you look at the warranty seal on the box of cigars, all the way on the left-hand side of the seal, uh, just right of where the uh, the barcode sits, right. you'll see that same coat of arms that's uh, shown in the UV stamp. Right. But on that coat of arms that's actually printed on the warranty seal, there's a little window in the lower left-hand corner for the first half of that box of serial number. Right. And then if you go to the other side 
of the warranty seal on the right, you'll see another image of a bunch of workers in the field. And in the same spot in the lower left-hand corner of that window, you'll see another area with the last six digits of that box's serial number. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I realized that these guys had copied the UV stamp and used the actual coat of arms on the warranty seal as a template. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. There was just uh, two, it was, it, there was too many discrepancies that were just uh, too far out of bounds with that old Cuba being Cuba, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. We say and, it a lot. Uh, we right. say it a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's too many. It's, it, these are different types of discrepancies than like uh, a band, um, yeah, a band being muddled. Uh, no, no, yeah, a band or I'm sorry, a ribbon, or, yeah. like the wrong ribbon being around a bundle of cigars in a cabinet or something, or in a in a varnished box. Do you know what I mean? Like that exactly. That, that's the. <laughs> so it's not happening just with Cohibas, then. It it all it, you're it's also seeing it on Monte stuff. Cristos. Yeah. Is there any other brand that you that you're seeing like counterfeiting going on? I've seen. Uh, Probably over half the uh, probably over half of the brands oh, in the Habanos catalog uh, that is scary, copied man. with these particular uh, with this particular uh, style of counterfeit. You know, whoever's responsible for these, I've seen uh, a bunch of different brands with the same defects. So and, it's uh, like, that's what do you? Oh, what ahead, do you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, what do you do? I mean, what yeah. do you carry a, a like a black light with you every time you? <laughs> Purchase a box of Cohibas, or I mean, how do you prevent something like that? Like, other than buying only from LCDH, and uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we're trusted, not we're not privy well, to sellers, not to interrupt trusted everyone. sellers, but Montefortuna, you know, this, for the longest time was. Yeah, I don't want to interrupt seller. everybody, but being a fairly novice cigar guy, not like everyone else in this room, it would be discouraging for me to want to pursue purchasing Cubans. Yeah, hearing all of this. Yeah, and Dan said that to me the other night. He's yeah. in the same boat. I mean, what do you do? How do you know we're not smoking counterfeits right now? Well, and and this is where, and I, I want to get back to the cigar because this is delicious, by the way. It is. But what's interesting, Dan, about this whole thing is that, you know, the first thing that I would say to someone who asked that question and probably you would say is just know your vendor and know who you're buying from. And that's where it really got crazy is that these ended up in the, the supply chain and 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 the distribution of some really reputable vendors, um, namely the one that I purchased from, who will will kind of lay it out here because they not only admitted it but you know apologized for it on your thread on Reddit, which by the way I'm going to share uh, in the uh, episode description of this, so folks can go click the link in the episode description. They can see Dan's post, see all the photos, see everything he's talking about. So we're not flying blind here. I know, you know, we were an audio podcast, but click the link in the episode description and you can see uh, Dan's investigation and his post and then everything that Monty Fortuna came up with after that. But that's the thing that's scary to me is it getting into the, the, the retail chain of these um I mean, what, what's tenders. also scary is that does Monte Fortuna even know that they're the, that they're selling the counterfeit boxes? Well, that's that's would, a question. You know, I mean, it could be just coming in from. They may not know. A distributor could be mixing them in. I mean, who knows? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hold on that for a you second. Guys, let's hold on that while Dan thinks can, about how he wants to approach you? that question. Listen, you guys, you guys got to see these emails that that people are sending us, uh, Greg and I. 
Um, first off, Monte Fortuna should not be selling Cuban cigars. It's just as simple as that. Um, these guys were told, as, as Gizmo well knows, they were told months, months ago, ago. Months that ago. They had a problem on their hands. And they chose to thumb their noses at us. And, and, gaslight, and gaslight us. They all read from the same playbook, brother. They really do. Oh, well, the things you're discussing aren't in the official Habanos authentication processes, so therefore that's not a valid argument. Or we only source from licensed Habanos distributors, or we only source from reputable distributors, and we have been in this business for X amount of years. It, they all say the same lines, and that they all backpedal and they all lie. It's whenever they get caught like this. I mean, um, the, you know, the, the mea culpa was a little shocking when it came to Monte Fortuna. Yeah, but they're still lying. Yep. Okay. Um, the thing that bums me out, Dan, is is it took. Customers like me, right? We all were going through this. You, you know, I'm way more folks than I, I do who got the got a box like I did from Monte Fortuna, and who emailed and were gaslit about the authenticity of the box, and they saying it's real, and it was essentially that we were full of shit. And not only that, to get a refund, they wanted us to pay for the shipping for the box to go back for them to then evaluate whether or not they were going to give us a refund. And it took you months later blowing them up on Reddit for them to come out and say, you know what, you guys are right. Now we'll fix this simply because of the bad PR, which that's an that's a yeah, good and, demonstration of bad faith in my eyes. Yeah, and I'd like to just add something real quick. And this this is a, a retailer who, by the way, it, you know, sponsored uh What's that guy's Cigar show? Cigar Obsession. Cigar Obsession. I forget the gentleman's Brian name. Glenn. Brian Glenn. And, you know, the guy did his reviews or whatever. But they're actually, like, advertising as a retailer here in the U.S. They And I always felt like they their prices fucking sucked. Pardon my French. <laughs> but I, I, they're, you I, lying. <laughs> you know, their, their prices sucked. And it was for the guy who, you know, ordered an occasional, I, I don't know anyone in, in our community. When I say our community, like our small, niche. Our, our, this yeah. niche of Cuban cigar smokers that we hang with live and virtually or whatever, that, that, that really frequent Monte Fortuna, like you would, if you found something there that, and it was a deal only occasionally, maybe, but yeah. the price yeah. always sucked. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I, bought, am I wrong? Well, you're not wrong, but look at me. I I'm, I got caught up in this. I'm I'm not to the level maybe you guys, you and, and Rooster and Dan are uh, as far as acquiring and knowing your shit about Cuban cigars, but I'm pretty damn good and yeah, I'm a quick are. I'm a quick learner. And I got duped I got duped big time by this because you know, they had a well, I don't know what, what the box code was, Dan. It was something 2020 of these called oh, the Hebrew Partagus Robustas. Factory. Partagus Factory, UAO or I for two I forget T what it was. T-U-A. Yeah, two uh two a twenty. And I, I was like, shit, okay, I have a two-year head start on the resting process on these cigars. You know, you, 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 I figured, oh, I'm going to wait five years to smoke these Robustos. I threw them in my Tupperware. But that's why I bought them. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, you know, Poop is exactly right. Like, none of us would have normally pulled that trigger, but they enticed me in with the box code. And, of course, 
here we are now. Yeah, but had you not seen this come up on the group, you would have never. I would, they, I, you would five have years never from seen, now, I would have yeah. been smoking those robustos, wondering what was going on. Yeah. So, all right, let's get back to the cigar. We're coming to the uh, end of the first third here, boys, on the St. Louis Ray. Fabulous Regulus. cigar. What are you guys thinking? It's fabulous. I love it. Dan, great suggestion, man. Thank you, guys. Can I uh, just uh, get a uh, survey amongst you guys? Yeah. Have you guys seen the uh, artwork on this particular dress box? Is probably my uh, in my top three Cuban cigar uh, artwork as far as you know the the beauty of the uh, outer lid and everything. Just that imagery and whatnot. Poop. The lithograph is is gorgeous. To Puba's me. Puba's critiquing it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's and, beautiful. Uh, the palm trees. <laughs> It's very a nice, the palm trees. A, a little tidbit, actually. Uh, the cigar company, my father, uh, yeah. if you look at their logo, the my father logo, um, and on some of their bands like the, uh, the Bijou and whatnot, on the left and the right, in like the center of the band or the center of the logo, on the left, they poached... Um, from the inner, uh, if you open up the box of the St. Louis Ray, mm -hmm. if you open up the box and look at the uh, the image that's uh, uh, on the paper, right? Uh, on they uh, they poach that image of the of the workers in the field. Oh yeah, I'm looking uh, at it right now actually with wow. Pagoda. Yeah, yeah, and, here it is uh, here. and then on the right, they they poached uh, part of the uh, the Kuaba artwork. Wow. Mm. The best. I always, th I always thought that was a little interesting. I tried, I tried to bring it up to them on Instagram, and they never answered me. <laughs> they gave, they gave the middle finger to Cigar Salute. <laughs> All right, I, we, I have a trivia question, but it's so easy. Go ahead. But we're talking about cigar, Dan. You can't answer because you know the question. We've what? talked about it on the pod before, but who's the who? Who's the first? Um, what was the first market to to have artwork on their boxes? We say Vegas, Romania. Oh, Wrong. We, we went over this. We did. I don't Wrong. remember. Oh, I don't remember either. Upman. Wrong. I think it was Upman. Yes. Wrong. They, I think it's from Ramon Alonez. Ramon Alonez. Oh, Ramon okay. Alonez, right? Okay. Am I, I think, right, Dan? I think he said ding, that. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia night with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool fact. You know, I, another cool fact I saw, Dan, on cigar, uh, Cuban Cigar website was um, that this, uh, this marker was imported exclusively into the UK market from yeah. the 1940s until 1993. Wow. It was an ex exclusive UK wow. marker from, uh, from, from Cuba. I'll tell you, it's a delicious yeah. cigar. It's very good, Dan. It this is, so is good. really delicious. You I'm know? glad you guys are enjoying it. The it's, it's, it's so flavorful, but it, it's yeah, the still fruit, kind of medium. The fruit notes, the dry fruit dissipated a little bit. It's, it's leveling out nicely. It's smooth and creamy. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, I think, picked up in a little bit of a pepper a bit. You can also get some leather. Yeah. You know, you get yeah. a little bit leather, toasted tobacco. Yeah. It's a long, fruit, it's fruit a long finish, the too. The fruit is still kind of comes a through, bit. you know. Yeah. A bit, right. It's, it's like, like an, an apple. apple. Apple, like yeah, a green like apple. apple. Yeah. Yeah. But the floor, that floral note is still remains. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A very complex cigar. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, um, back, to the, back to the abyss of this uh, shit show with these fake Cubans. Um, so my question for you, uh, really the question that I haven't asked you yet, even as we've spoken leading up to this, is uh, how, do, how do you guys figure that these boxes ended up in legitimate 
supply chains for the for these retailers? Desperation. Simple as that. Um, and uh, lack of lack of uh, due diligence. Yeah. Just a perfect storm. Uh, if you look at what's been going on in Cuba since the pandemic started, uh, the island has been on a steady, uh, consistent decline in terms of the economy there. Uh, there's been a mass exodus of uh, people uh, fleeing to Central America, uh, Panama, Nicaragua, uh, and ultimately the U.S. for a lot of people. Uh, so they call it, a, I guess, brain drain. A lot of people in the cigar industry left Cuba over the last two years. Wow. Uh, and I don't know if a, a lot of people aren't aware of this, but first off, over half of the, of the Habano Sese catalog is not being produced at the moment. And also factories are currently operating at 30 to 50% capacity. So the volume of cigars being produced is greatly reduced. And the amount of uh, talent and workers that they have is substantially reduced as well. So I think this is why we saw some of these price increases and whatnot uh, to try and, and, you know, compensate for this to keep the, uh, you know, to keep the ship afloat. But at the same time, retailers have long burned through their reserves. and you know, I think to really kind of get a grasp on, you know, how these uh, these third party Internet retailers, how they how they got into such a tight spot. Uh, it's important to understand how Cuban cigars get distributed uh, worldwide. So the whole system. Uh, was really kind of perfected by. A gentleman named Francisco Padron, who was the head of Cuba Tobacco uh, from 1985 until 1994 when Cuba Tobacco became Habano Sese. And he headed Habano Sese for a short period of time before they pushed him out the door. But he was really the one that solidified the one distributor per region Mm. that the Cubans would deal with only one distributor per market and the distributor in that market was only allowed to deal with retailers in their particular territory right you know uh hunters and franco out of the uk they're the only importer of cuban cigars in the uk and they're not allowed to just start dealing with australia Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. PCC d- deals with the Asian Asian market, right? And then you have Phoenicia exactly. and, a bu- and a bunch of others. So because of that system, there's always been a gray market where, you know, retailers who have a surplus of certain cigars under the table, they'll make a deal with another retailer in another territory. They're not supposed to be doing that, but it's always been done. Right. And they get better allocation for limitadas and harder to find cigars, higher end cigars, if they get the standard production out of their store. Exactly. Better the volume, the better the access. Right. Right. So, so it's like they were incentivized to move D4s, Monty Twos. Yep. Those type of popular um, global cigars out into the grain yeah. market. 
Yeah. And that, that's why you always see uh, deals on some of the, the duty-free stuff, like those uh, selection Robustos or whatever. Yep. And the, uh, you know, like Romeo number three, Tubos, you know, cigars like that, you always see them on sale because they're incentivized. They sell a certain amount of that. Then, you know, they'll be uh, able to get a better rate in the future from the distributor. And also they'll get access to better stuff. Yeah. Uh, somebody once told me for every four boxes of regular production, they get one box of regionals allocated to them. Right. Wow. Right. So they're incentivized to to move some of that other stuff out, bring in. It's good for the shop. You know, you have more variety in there. It's just good all around. You get access to better stuff, better margin on stuff. But now, I guess I guess it's what's happening is is these guys aren't getting allocation as much allocation. So that flow from these kind of like handshake deals to that to the gray market vendor aren't happening because they're short any because they're short yep yep i mean and and so now since they're short now the gray market vendor's super short with not a lot of options to get allocation to a regular allocation to to inventory so they end up they end up exploring new options and those new options get us to where we are with this 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 box of uh of of cohiba robustos kind of right they're they're they i believe uh, i believe that's exactly what happened it's as simple as that you know well. and to your point about allocation you think you know we've talked about this on the pod before dan i know you're a member there too but friends of habanos is one of the premier retailers for pcc direct uh for habanos in uh the asian market rob uh friends of habano uh, friends of el habano i guess it's called now uh in australia and <laughs> i was on a zoom with him uh, on a Wednesday night, and we were talking about supply. And this is, you know, he's getting this direct from PCC, who's getting it direct from Habanos. And he said that he didn't know what cigars he was going to have to be put on sale the following Friday. Like yep. Just uh, like a week out, he doesn't know what he's going to be able to sell or if he's going to have anything to sell a week out. So now that's a guy that's like a primo direct retailer from Habanos. Imagine what these gray market yeah, guys are going I, I've through. I've got a question for all of you. So everything you're describing what does the future hold for the cuban cigar market how can we expect <laughs> what are you... yeah i mean what is this 60 minutes no. <laughs> dan robert uh, we got bam, dan robert bam bam, bam and we would like to know what Hold the on. future holds yeah, bam, bam. for the Cuban cigar market. I mean, Bam Bam reporting. Is, bam Bam is reporting here. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, it's a serious question. I would love an answer to it. I mean, how much time do we have? How much speculation? No, really? Two what? words, very bleak. Yeah, it's bleak. But it's a big deal, yeah, right? Yeah. We've, we've based our cigar hobby on really, we're, the center of our cigar hobby is the Cuban market. What do we do? Well, me personally, I've been smoking less cigars. Uh, it uh that's not what i wanted to hear <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's 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 what i got for you um bam is a I, very I, biased journalist very uh, biased yes. i i feel bad for for people that are just getting into it now because yeah um this this gray market that existed for at least a couple of decades uh particularly for us folks in the u.s um we were getting access to cigars for prices that are, you know, some of our European brethren could only dream of because yeah. we weren't paying taxes. We still aren't. And 
we had, you know, on any given day, we could have access to almost the entire catalog because we had access to retailers who weren't playing by the rules. Right. So one thing I've learned over the last couple of years is that when you're only dealing with one local distributor and, you know, you're only able to uh, get access to the cigars that are available to you locally at your local uh, La Casa del Habano or, you know, tobacconist, you know, and let's say you live in like Spain or something. Uh, there's, a, there's a gentleman in, uh, who I speak to and, and he really kind of uh, enlightened me on this uh, asking about cigars. Uh, how come he can't find this and how come he can't find that? I, you know, I haven't seen this in two years and it's, I'm like, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking like those were just on sale at FOH last week. And, you know, this, uh, I can get this any day of the week. And it's like, why is he having such a problem finding these cigars? Uh, a lot of, a lot of folks over on the other side of the pond, they don't, they don't really even know about uh, the whole gray market system that we've had uh, access to for the longest time. And uh, I feel like, that system, we had it very good for a long period of time, and we were able to access cigars at you know at low prices, and you know having full reign of the catalog, we, we were able to build up collections that, uh, you know, you could have uh, cigars from every brand in the catalog inside of a year if you wanted to. Right. Uh, I think a lot of that is going to change for for. Um, newcomers a because unless money's not an object for you it's just you know you know even looking at this uh, st louis ray right now you know three years ago a box of these regios was about between you know 200 250 dollars the same box now would fetch probably close to 500 dollars if it went up in the in the cuban exchange group right now yeah yeah and that's because, you know, this cigar has always been kind of sporadically produced. It's not, you know, they don't roll these every day of every week, you know, like they might kick out a couple of batches these a year. And, you know, right now, Habanos is kind of prioritizing, you know, they're making their um, their staples and their money makers. Yeah, their global so, brands, yeah. their portfolio brands are getting kicked aside a little. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're in a we're in a situation right now where, you know, uh, Regios or or Schwa Supreme, you're yep. looking at you know four to five hundred dollars for a, for a box where they were you know half of that price a couple of years ago, yeah. Um, and now we have you know periods of two or three years where we don't see cigars like La Gloria Cubana uh, Gold Medal Number Four or you know Partigas Eight Nine Eight. You know, we might see like a very 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 small production for the year and it's essentially you know nil yeah and, and uh, that the drives other thing, the value up on those boxes absolutely. the other thing i think they're doing too dan is they're prioritizing you know uh regionals lcdh and and they're putting together these expensive presentation like the packaging the boxes etc to try to ch charge a higher dollar per cigar for essentially probably the same or maybe even inferior tobacco but people eat it up because you know, the presentation's so classy. Yeah, like that uh that new Gloria yep. uh Cubana That's exactly what I was thinking about. just came out. I mean it's a beautiful it's a beautiful presentation, but at the same time I would have been very happy to see more gold medal number fours go out. Yeah. Or absolutely um or the uh the Panatella uh 
regional edition for the for the uh, Benelux market that was announced like two and a half years ago. You know, they're running very far behind on on some of those uh, previously announced regionals and whatnot. And the thing with regionals is is that um, the distributor, see, it might seem like they're prioritizing that, but those distributors paid up front for those cigars. You know, they have to pay for those cigars up front before the production even begins. So if Habanos wants to get paid from those distributors again, they got to, you know, bring out an allocation of the last regional that they were paid for. You know, so uh, they really, Habanos has really kind of painted themselves into a corner. And, you know, a lot of it is not their fault, but a lot, you know, some of it is as well. So it's a combination, and, uh, Dan, of 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 lack of capacity that that from a production standpoint on the island sounds like, and they may and they may have less yield of like actual raw material from the fields, like because they just don't have enough hands to cultivate, maybe or to roll. Well, well the well throughout the whole roll, process, sure. the roll. To cult it, right, right? I mean, no, it sounds like that's the case. You know, yeah. I don't. It sounds like a storm. Well, these uh, geniuses at Abanos and and uh, not even so much Abanos as the Cuban government at large, when the pandemic was in its, uh, you know, when it was at its apex in uh, you know mid twenty twenty, uh, summer twenty twenty, there were Cuban farmers like workers that that worked these these farm cooperatives in Cuba that weren't allowed to leave their homes to go harvest the tobacco. So there was tobacco that just sat on the plant that didn't get harvested because their coronavirus uh, protocols um, basically mandated that these guys, you know, stayed home and weren't allowed to go to work. So, well, I can understand that in some industries, others where, you know, you're in a field working outside. You know, and you, I don't think you're like right up against the the guy next to you. You That's know, a good point. <laughs> uh, I can't say I've ever worked a tobacco field, but I don't imagine that <laughs> people are. I don't imagine staying six feet away from somebody is too much of an issue. Right. So, so you know, some. I'll oh, go ahead. My no, I was going to say I have a question for you, but I I just wanted to you know we're coming into the last third here of the uh, the Regios. Dan's only at his. Uh, I know half, Dan's half on a halfway point. point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a slow smoker, man. It's, just, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, this is a very it's, delicious cigar. It's delicious, and you know, I want a box. And of course, what Dan just course. said is makes it cost prohibitive it's, and actually supply I guess prohibitive. I can sell but, yeah. you one for six hundred. <laughs> <laughs> current current prices. <laughs> Oh. Can I send you a check in two months? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll pay you for it, and you deliver it, and then I will tell you though the smoke coming off of this. If you just take a whiff, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, delicious. It's, it smells great. It's, it's it's like potpourri. It really is. A little, yeah. it's sweet. It's delicious. Yeah, very unusual. Yeah, Puba's down to the nub. Yeah, this is a great cigar. You know, that's that's cigar. That's, uh, that's something there. If he's taking it down, that's something. Yeah, he likes it. Poop is taking it down. Are you, are, are <laughs> Look at this. I, are you accusing <laughs> me of being particular? It could be the herbal tea. It could be the herbal tea. So, Dan, I have a question for you. And, and this, is up, a, this is a total hypothetical. Um, given what happened, uh, what we know as the dark period between, say, 1999 and 2001, when uh, it wasn't Habanos at the time, or maybe it was when they were coming in, but they ramped up production so much to try to 
increase revenue and make the partners happy, et cetera. And they brought in rollers and they very low quality control. Um, something that's been on my mind is the Cuban government and, and Habanos. Um, it kind of suffers through the, the products of what they've created and also things like this hurricane that just happened and whatnot, the challenges that, that they've had. Do you see a potential reality where there's another dark period here in, in cigar output? Yes. Uh, I don't think it'll be the same kind of dark period, though. I think the dark period will be no cigars for a period of time or severely, uh, severely reduced output. Um, and I also see the potential for a complete collapse of the government. And if that happens, yeah, you know, game, what happens to the Cuban tobacco industry? See, this whole the coronavirus brought about a perfect storm of conditions. It, it, Okay, let's let's talk about real quick the the time leading up to the pandemic. So, um, I got into Cuban cigars around uh, early 2014 is when I started exploring uh, Cuban cigars as opposed to strictly American market cigars. Uh, 2000 early 2014 is when I when I came across Dr. Joe and became acquainted with him, and he kind of showed me the ropes and taught me about Cuban cigars and everything. And when I got started smoking Cuban cigars, the sick period still mattered and whatnot, where, you know, you, you know, Joe basically told me, he's like, you know, you get a box of cigars or something, then generally the rule is you let it sit for two years. That's what I was told by Joe. And I kind of, you know, I kind of took that to heart. And anytime I tried a cigar fresh, uh, I don't want to say I regretted it, but I noticed a difference between an aged Cuban cigar and, you know, for that two year period versus uh, one that was eight months old or 10 months old. Uh, as time went on, though, when I got to like uh, 2018, 2019, I was pulling cigars out of the box at nine, 10 months that were that were just blowing me away with how amazing they were. So we had these amazing quality cigars, the quality just it seemed like every year the quality got better and better. Um, so, you know, going into 2018-19, we have uh, an incredible period of production where, you know, everything that's coming out seems to be just pure gold. And, you know, we're at a time period where we're paying $70 for a box of Poor Lorenaga Monte Carlos or, you know, 120 bucks for a box of Monte Fours or, uh, you know. 220 uh, bucks for D4s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, even uh, Cohiba, I paid in uh, 2019, I think I bought a, a 15 pack of Cohiba Robustos. I think I paid about $250 for it. Wow. You know, uh, just the uh, the prices that, that, you know, especially us here stateside were paying were incredibly low when you, when you looked at the caliber of cigar that you were getting. And the word seemed to get out that the quality of Cuban cigars at that time was very, very good, uh, exceptional even. And when the pandemic hit, we still had this, uh, you know, the, the, the prices went up a little bit when, when the pandemic hit. But one thing that I noticed was that we had a lot of new blood coming around that time when the pandemic started. A lot of people were working from home. I think a lot of people came into it. And you have prices low, quality high, and now you have all these new guys coming in, and 
they, you know, these guys have, uh, a lot of them seem to come over from American market cigars, uh, where they were chasing, you know, high end, uh, you know, uh, American market cigars like Opus X and all the different appendages that that line has, you know, some of the, uh, higher end Davidoffs and, and, you know, Padron and, uh, whatnot. So, and then on top of which you have the unpredictability of, of the Cuban economy. So the guys that are already into Cuban cigars, you know, they kind of look at the coronavirus and how it, you know, it's affecting everything. And they start thinking, you know, what if the Cuban government can't handle the pandemic? What happens to the cigar industry? And so you have the guys that are already into cigars, they start loading up, uh, buying more than typical. Uh, the newcomers are coming in and they're like, wow, this is amazing. I, you know, I want to build a collection. So then now you have all this new blood that's building a collection. And for a little while, you know, it was, uh, it was probably like manna from heaven for the vendors. But then when they blew through their reserves and, uh, getting replacements for that stock started to be a problem. Now you have all these people trying to chase the same cigars and the retailers can't get their hands on them fast enough. So now resources become limited and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, prices start going up. And even before official markups on the prices, uh, the secondary market saw large increases. And then another factor that doesn't get discussed very often, but had a very big impact, in my opinion, was Bond Roberts. Yeah. The Bond Roberts auction. connected. So for the listener, the Bond Roberts is a high-end auction site. Yep. For Cuban cigars. And, uh, you know, a lot of people dove right into Bond Roberts because of the reputation of the people that started it. You know, you have Rob Ayala from Friends of Habanos on one hand, and then you have the Fox family who are, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, tobacco man royalty uh, legends from, uh, from Europe, uh, UK, I believe, or, uh, yeah, they're or, from uh, the UK. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yep. So you have this, uh, you know, this amalgamation of, of uh, legendary Cuban cigar retailers coming together and they put together an auction site. And what something that happened was something that I've never really seen previously, and that was a a mixing of the American and European market, and they start mingling with Asian buyers who in Asia right now uh the cigar culture is exploding and one thing I noticed was that uh some of these gentlemen were willing to pay prices that you know a lot of us never would have paid. Uh, so on Bon Roberts, I started seeing, you know, uh, I remember one time I saw, I realized Bon Roberts was going to be an issue when I saw a 2017 box of Schwa Supreme go for $650. Yeah, this is interesting. I think you're bringing up a very, very interesting point because Fox and FOH have access to probably the pick of the litter master cases, I would think. Right. I mean, they buy enough, they get enough allocation and they're putting these boxes up on, um, 
<laughs> on Bon Roberts, and now there's visibility. I guess the point you're making is there's visibility into what the market is willing to is willing to really bear. It's all borne out for everyone to see, and yeah, and that created an issue. Isn't cigars and it's being driven by the Asian? And you're saying that price, those prices are being driven by by the Asian market. Uh, partially. I don't want to say it's all them. Well, let's let's just say let's just say the thing that gives me absolute that gives credo credo to what you're saying, Dan, is that Habanos aligned their pricing structure for both Cohiba and Trinidad to what people were paying in Hong Kong. That was the entire price realignment for those two uh, markets was to the Hong Kong market worldwide. Yeah. I'm not sure what, uh, you know, how that decision came about. Uh, it's, you know, one thing that uh, is important to, to factor into that is that Havano SA is 50% owned by somebody yep. from Hong Kong. Yep. You know, and that person is never really, uh, they, they made the buy through a shell corporation and, that person, you know, it's rumored that they're like a like a big casino magnate. You know, uh, nobody. I, I don't think uh, the person's ever been publicly named. But uh, since that 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 entity has a fifty percent stake in Ivanos, it's hard to really tell what kind of directives they've they've you know tried to push. Uh, and that could very it could very well been them that that started pushing in that direction. But um, either way, you know, you bring up an excellent point that product that was previously being designated to mostly the European market. And then, you know, by proxy, the American market, you know, for the first time, those markets are seeing uh, their allocations shrink. And then, allocations in other regions growing and that lowered their access to cigars which in turn uh, especially in the secondary market now you have the guys that that do have uh you know boxes to sell of certain cigars they're charging higher prices and the newcomers they want that box of sir winston they want that box of cohiba bihike hmm. So they're willing to pay prices for it that, you know, two years ago, people would have gotten laughed out of a forum for it. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the way it is now. And it's, you know, one thing, I guess, for the listener is that is, I don't know, you know, what do you do? Smoke less Cuban cigars? Well, maybe. And maybe explore some New World cigars that, that you can rotate in. I mean, I know we do. Oh yeah, we're, we're doing do. it now. Oh, yeah. We're all um, doing it. We're doing you know, it. It's a and, great point. Yeah, it is. And so, if you like, you know, hey, if you're gonna pay, there's there's a couple Davidoffs that we really like. Mm -hmm. Not not nearly the whole line. No. Uh, and there's there's Padron. a bunch of Padrones that we like. So if you really want a great cigar, I mean, they're out there for you. I mean, Dan. I don't know. Do you smoke? Is this sacrilege to even ask you this question? Are there any new? Are there any new world cigars that you smoke ever? That's a great question. Well, please tell yeah, us. Yeah, I do. I do smoke new world cigars occasionally. I just prefer not to most of the time. But honestly, the, if you guys saw the new the new world cigars that I would reach for, 
guys would probably be like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? <laughs> you know, like, like uh, Rocky you know, cause Patel. a lot of people call them boring. <laughs> yeah. Don't say rock. Um, don't say Rocky Patel. Cause no, uh, no, 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 no. Rooster no, gets a little hot. I'm leaving the pod. <laughs> <laughs> he won't, he just if he said Rocky <laughs> Patel, we would have so many, so much ammo on him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go unsubscribe from cigar salute now. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, you know, I would go for like a, a diamond crown or an Ashton cabinet selection or uh, uh, maybe, maybe some of the, the Davidoffs. Uh, my important, my, my, my uh, checklist of what I want out of a cigar is pretty simple. I want to be able to retrohale it without flame shooting out of my nose. <laughs> so that, uh, that knocks off like three quarters of Nicaraguan cigars for me right there. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be bludgeoned with uh, spice or leather. Um, and I, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm biting into a bell pepper when I smoke a cigar. Um, so that eliminates for me Opus X right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause the last three Opuses I had, it, it tasted like I was biting into a bell pepper. Dude. The, uh, yeah. We haven't had good experiences with <laughs> Opus recently. So, they need age. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah, need, to, need, they need to smooth time. out. I smoked an Opus uh, probably about three years ago that was 21 years old. Now they're and, now you're talking. Yeah. And it was in the cellophane still. Uh, my buddy Seabold, he's one of my uh, YouTube viewers, he, he sent it to me as a gift. And uh, it was so old that the gold uh, flake on the band had worn away and it was black in the spots that it was previously gold. And this cigar <laughs> was so powerful. Yeah. When I took it out of the cellophane and I clipped the head of the cigar, this uh, this uh, translucent um, brown, like amber-colored resin starts spilling out of the filler. Wow. <laughs> and I got a little dab of this stuff on my tongue, and I felt my pupils like uh, just <laughs> – Is there video of this, Dan? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but uh, – this cigar still had so much kick to it after 20 plus years. Yeah. I was like, what the hell was this thing like new? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, you know, for me, like, uh, Cuban cigars, they're just, uh, they're just the bee's knees for me because I really enjoy the floral flavors and the, the, uh, you know, the complexity of them and they don't have that knock you down kind of strength. Yeah. That, you know, makes me uh, makes me all geeked out on nicotine, and um, they don't have that spiciness that like Nicaraguan cigars have. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's not to say that I won't enjoy one every so often, but it has to be the right cigar. Um, something else that I like, uh, some of the brands I like, um, I really like some of the Caldwell cigars, uh, the Eastern Standard Dos Firmas. I've had it, um, yeah, yeah. I've had that cigar. That to me, it uh, it has a lot of the same qualities that I that I look for in a Cuban cigar. Uh, it can be retrohaled nicely. Uh, it has a nice uh, kind of uh, floral, sugary taste to it. It's not overwhelming, and it's uh, well rolled. And it's it's a nice cigar. We um, should do that on the pod. Yeah, yeah, we should do it. Yeah, yeah. The Eastern Standard. So that's a. I'm kind of glad you brought that up because I'm kind of a. I wouldn't. Not a closet fan of Caldwell, but. Let's just say I have some. 
Um, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, more, and, more secrets. Yeah, he keeps <laughs> secrets from us. More secrets. <laughs> Dan, no, we, but, we keep finding out these secrets. But, uh, Mr. Mr. Cuban cigar behind me well, here. Puma, yeah. Puma <laughs> only smokes new world. At home. <laughs> exactly. No, That's but the biggest secret. The maker. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's his name's Rob, right? Is it Rob Caldwell? I can't remember. Yeah, Rob Caldwell. Yeah, Rob Caldwell. Yeah. He's kind of a hot shot kind of mover and shaker guy and he runs this operation out of miami and yeah. uh he makes the artwork on his bands are pretty cool and he makes some decent cigars and he makes lonsdales which i, I like, love yeah yeah we love a lonsdale uh, yeah you know so oh, there's yeah. some lonsdales out there like long live the king the king is dead there's a couple of these yep. cigars and that that are, are that i've smoked through and i've given to people as well and they've they've all actually liked them so there you go. I still have some. Hey, I, I, I got a question. Dan, uh, some of these boxes that came from Monte Fortuna, the counterfeit ones, did, did they not come from Spain somehow? That's what I read somewhere. Leading up to that, the Monte Fortuna business, um, when, when I discovered this defect with the, the UV stamps going on at Finest Cuban Cigars, I made a post on Reddit. And then about a week later, I made another one on Cuban Exchange. When I made that post on Cuban Exchange, um, we started getting people writing us, uh, you know, private messages uh, saying that they found the numbers in the stamp on this box of cigars or that box of cigars, and then uh, one of our, one of our uh, buddies in uh, Cuban Exchange, he had purchased over ten thousand dollars worth of Cohiba from these two gentlemen from Spain um, that were operating out of the CSP uh, Facebook group. Okay. And he found the digits in the stamps on the, on those boxes. So he bought over $10,000 worth of boxes from these two guys in Spain. And they were flooding this group with, uh, with these boxes and a whole bunch of other sellers had purchased boxes from these guys so and we're, we're flipping, we're, and we're flipping them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. So we started realizing that these things were making the rounds, and once once all these guys who found out that they had gotten taken, they started talking to their friends about these uh, these boxes. So then we found out, you know, a lot of them were coming from Cuba, or they were being purchased in Cuba anyway. Uh, including somebody bought a box of uh, counterfeit Bahique 56s from a uh, La Casa del Habano in Cuba. Wow. That's scary. And, uh, That's scary. Someone someone bought a box of Bahique 54s uh, with numbers in the in the UV stamp uh, from a brick and mortar shop in Canada. Wow. And what how about how about cigar aficionado with that with the uh the uh the, that festival release don't even get me started <laughs> how about, that's a whole nother podcast how about, how about that yeah. shit though i mean but, i'm looking at that going i'm going oh my god i mean c- cigar aficionado first of all would you just even just look at the uh at the box code <laughs> that's uh, and everything and then that's it's insane it was and, 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 the, and the, i don't even think the bands matched in the box nope Bro, when I saw that, I was I was in Maryland. Uh, me, and, me and my girl had gone to a wedding the night before, and when I was in the hotel room, uh, it was like seven o'clock in the morning, 
And I was I was in my bathrobe eating cookies, drinking bourbon and uh, cream soda. That's and, uh, 7 a.m.? A man after our own hearts. God bless you. Let's God go. bless you. Let's give him a round of applause. Let's go, Dad. Extra. Oh, what a lizard. I, I, had, uh, I had just I had just started. Uh, I was about to watch a show called Power. And uh, on my phone, and uh, I saw a notification from Facebook, and then I, it was a picture, a still from that video, with the uh, with the with the box code and everything. I'm like, what the hell is this? And uh, yeah, that that's just, ugh. I, I'm disgusted by some of the things that I, I've been seeing as far as, uh, you know, what the what the way that uh, Habanos and and uh, has been handling things and then even for them to allow Phoenicia to, to put those boxes out. Yeah, it's crazy. To me, right, was, and let's was let's just say, by the mistake. way, for the listener, we did touch I think we touched on that on an episode previous episode, this whole crazy thing with cigar aficionado and Dan and I were in the comment section teeing off about it. It did end up that not only those were those boxes uh confirmed authentic uh by uh by cigar aficionado, but also by Phoenicia. Saying that, yeah, that all of these anomalies and everything else were actually a product of, of, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, mislabeling. I checked the UV stamps, by the way. They're good. What's that? I checked the UV stamps, by the way. There's no digits in them or or blank spaces. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy, man. So, Dan, Dan, I have a question for you. Um, And I know that you've kind of alluded to there being some follow up here with this issue extending beyond Monte Fortuna. Now, I know yeah, you can't that's... get into a lot of those details yet, but but A, is that true? Do, are you expecting that there to be some more retailers who are outed uh, with yes. this counterfeit operation? Yes. Okay. Wow. And when do you expect that, that we and, and the listeners out there uh, and fans of Cigar Salute can start to figure out where some of these other boxes are coming from? Uh, within the next few weeks, probably. Okay. The problem is, and, and this is something I've always had an issue with when uh, investigating counterfeits, um, a lot of people only care when it applies to them. You know. So my point is, is that when it came to Monte Fortuna, a lot of people shopped there yeah. on Reddit. So it was easy to get them to, to take a, a blacklight and check their boxes or check out the serial numbers and be like, oh crap, I got a problem here. Let me order a black light on Amazon. Yeah. And don't feel bad, Gizmo, because uh we probably if I had to add them all up, I would say we probably had at least over a hundred people in our inbox. That's crazy. About the issue. And those are the those are only the people, Dan, who have seen it somewhere, seen it on Reddit. We're not talking about the wider community who is just ordering stuff and smoking with their friends at home, maybe aren't plugged in on the internet. To your point, we're talking about a, probably a very small percentage of yeah. these boxes that have been found out, which is terrifying to me. And yeah. it's sad yeah. that yeah. there's a lot of folks out there who think they have a wonderful box of Cohiba Robustos or Siglo 6 or Bihikes or whatever it might be that they think they have this great box they spent a lot of money for, they're proud of it, and in fact, it's fake. Well, some people just don't want to know, man. That's you true. Know, as far as as far as they're concerned, they can show their friends, or they can they can they can flash it on Instagram, and oh look, my bands sparkle all nice and everything. Oh, see that hologram? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I got my Cohibas, and you know, uh, so they, you know, some people just don't want to know if they're fake or not, because as far as they're concerned, you know, the even the fake box is accomplishing everything they want from that box, which is 
you know, uh, oh, I look cool. I, I, you know, I look like I know what I'm doing. Well, that's the thing with um, Cohiba that that is interesting because you're like a Co- you love Cohiba for what Cohiba is. I do love Cohiba. Yes, you love Co- you know, and and that that's always been true for you. And 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 but there's people who smoke Cohiba, and uh, for the wrong reasons because it's like putting a Mercedes Benz in your mouth, um, and. You know, uh, but I, the, I'm personally, I would, I'm kind of glad that Cohiba is not my thing. Do you know what I mean? And I, I've had, I've had a wallet's glad too. Uh huh. Yeah, my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> my wallet. My wallet is glad too. Yeah, uh, my family, the the the, the kids five twenty nine college fund, <laughs> um, all that all that stuff. <laughs> but. Um, uh, but I don't like, you know, it's not that I, I, I wish I liked Cohiba's more. I mean, it would just be another nice thing to enjoy more. Um, so, uh, they're just, my only point that I'm making is, is that they're just, there are people out there who smoke Cohiba for the status. I mean, I'm stating, I'm stating the obvious, but, yeah. uh, I feel bad for the, the true, really the, the, the guys who really, really do love the marca you know, who really enjoy it and, and cherish it. It's too bad that this is happening. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, especially, you know, for me personally, um, I really love the small Vitolas of Cohiba and those are the ones that are going to be the collateral damage, uh, out of this whole price, uh, mess that they made, uh, with tripling the prices. You is know, it going like to discontinue uh, them? You think, cause they're just not going to be any demand or. I don't know, to be honest. Uh, it's hard to say, but who in their right mind is going to pay, you know, $650 for a, a box of Cohiba Panatellis? Yeah. You know, it's a 26 ring gauge by, by four and a half inch cigar. It's a, nice, know, it, it's it's a li- nice cigar, but it's not it, that It's nice. a great cigar. Yeah, it's not that great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. I'll tell you right now, uh, if you, if you, uh, you, you know, something that's always like, uh, been a, a pet peeve for me is when you go to a wedding and somebody brings a box of cigars and then you know an hour later you walk past the ashtray there's an empty box of cigars where you know and there's an ashtray full of cigars <laughs> that somebody took three puffs off of and put them in the ashtray the Cohiba Panatella is the perfect like wedding cigar or or party cigar in the sense where like especially at wedding when you're constantly getting called in. Oh, we got to take pictures. We got, you know, uh, uh, happy hour. We got, we got dancing, we got dinner, we got dessert. You know, it's a, a cigar you can have in 20, 30 minutes. And it's a really, it's a really classy cigar and it's a very elegant cigar, but it's not a, a cigar that you're going to get tied to for an hour and a half for an hour. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if you really want to, you could stretch it for a good 45, 50 minutes. But, and if you want to, uh, like Bam Bam and Pagoda, you could smoke that thing in eight minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, like a cigarette. <laughs> uh, no, let me tell you. Hey, I'll tell you something. Dan mailed me, Dan mailed me was kind enough to mail me uh, Cohiba Panatella. And, Very um, nice. I think it was an Exquisito I might have sent you. Was it an Exquisito? It's weird. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get any of those. Up. That's weird. That was, that, that was, um, <laughs> Another secret. <laughs> look, at you, look, at, look at you being all weird. It is. Um, that's strange. The uh, anyway, but it, but but he you had sent me that's and that was a great little cigar. That's yeah, cigar. great little yeah. cigar. Um, wonderful. 
That box was from uh, Legito too. I think I sent you the one. The one I sent you was rolled at El Legito. Yeah, and it's a great little cigar. I loved it. Yeah. So and you yeah, know they have, have six utility. boxes. <laughs> to, to your point too. I mean, one other point I, I I like about those small cigars is, you know, Dan, you're at a wedding in the winter time or whatever. You go outside. You're you're freezing your ass off. It's still a fine cigar to smoke because you're in and out. You know, it checks all the boxes. To your point. That's what I mean. You know, it's a, it's a cigar worthy of, of uh, you know, it's a, it's a high caliber cigar in terms of the uh, the quality and everything. Yeah. But it's not a large format that you're going to, you know, wind up putting half of it in the ashtray and, and, and disrespecting the cigar. Yeah. You know, but uh, I do fear that those cigars might suffer from this price uh, change that, that Cohiba and Trinidad have gone through the same thing with the Trinidad Reyes and uh, the Coloniales as well. You know, a lot of people won't pay that kind of money for uh, a box of Reyes. Yeah, uh, the, you the know, Coloniales. Uh, I love the Coloniales. Oh, yeah. Tremendous cigar. Tremendous. Yeah, those have really picked up in popularity the last couple of years. For a few years, like people really slept on those, and then the last like two or three years, I noticed the Coloniales is just getting more and more popular. We reviewed that. Great yeah, it's, a good, it's a good size. What's the ring gauge again? It's, it's uh, small. 40, 44, maybe? It's, uh, five and a quarter by 44. Yeah. 40, yeah, yeah, it's nice. I, I wish they made more cigars than that Vitola. That's like the perfect Vitola to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love 40, that 44 ring gauge, 46 ring gauge, 42 ring gauge. I love those ring gauges. So yeah. um, so I before we get to, uh, you know, I, I want to rate the cigar, and then I want to give the listeners some action items. Um, as they, you know, continue to purchase Cuban cigars and what to look for. But let's do the uh, formal lizard rating on this thing, boys. Any final thoughts before we do that on this? Uh, yeah, so we're going to have Dan rate the cigar. Oh, yeah, he's as well. And, and it's, it's, it's round numbers, unlike Dave Portnoy pizza reviews. This, <laughs> yeah. is, round, this is round numbers. Flat number, Dan. Flat one, numbers. One now, there, was, there was a rationale for this at the beginning of the podcast, and we've just stuck to it. So <laughs> Okay. Uh, what, what, are your, uh, what are your fields of... Uh, what what are your points that you uh, review on? Like, do you just do you do like it's oh, your construction personal. is a nine? Or, no, it's or, a flat number. Your yep. personal experience your personal with experience. that cigar at that right. moment. Right. How did that cigar okay. do for you? So we we'll come to you last, Dan. We'll give you uh, we'll give you guest privilege. We'll go to you last, and uh, we'll start with Rooster. Thank you. Rooster, you're up. Yeah. So the so this cigar actually, I mean, it did check all boxes for me. It was floral. It was fruity. I mean, basically, that's what I look for in a Cuban cigar. It was medium, not not uh, not like a full-bodied cigar or anything like that. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it, loved it. Great construction, great burn. I did not have to light it, you know, at all. I mean, it was just the first light, and that was it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a nine. Excellent. Yep. Puba. Yeah, for me, um, it checks a lot of the boxes. It's not a hundred percent in my wheelhouse in terms of flavor profile, but I mean, it's great. Um, if I could, if I could put it in the, in the mid to higher eights, I, I would, but for me, it doesn't quite get there, um, for what I like all the time. Uh, so I, I'm going to give it an eight. So for me, for a Hermosos for this size, it, to me, it, it's superb. Uh, it's right up there with the Schwa Supreme. I definitely want to get a box of these. It's a nine for me, for sure. Pagoda? Yeah, uh, actually, I really enjoyed the cigar and I'm, uh, um, 
You know, I was even debating a 10, but I think it's a 9 for me. Uh, you know, I smoked it to the nub, and I think Bamba and I were looking at each other. Oh, yeah. It was it, very flavorful. Very uh, satisfying. Very satisfying. You know, even with the floral notes, it was uh, on the sweeter side as opposed to the saltier side, which was a slightly different experience for me. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. So it's a, a definite 9 for me. Okay. Bam, bam. Yeah, yeah I'm going 9 as well for, ev- for the, every reason that everyone here, here said. But what's unique about a cigar for me, of course, I pursue the floral and the, the dry fruit. But when the smoke itself that comes off the cigar has a beautiful aroma, that's a home run. It's a, it's a home run. Great Nine. combustion. Yeah. You know, even the ash uh, yeah. stuck, stuck yeah. around was for quite some, some time yeah. for, for a Cuban. I think I was really impressed. Yeah, no, yeah. no draw issues. No no draw draw. Draw. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, oh, great. All right, Dan. Uh, I'm also going to go with the nine. Um, and my, my, uh, my, my reason for uh, deducting a point is just because, uh, you know, it's not the, obviously not the best cigar I've ever had, but I really always, you know, I find these to be very consistent. I always enjoy them. I have for years. Um, and uh, one thing I, I love about Cuban tobacco is, is the floral component. And this cigar to me epitomizes uh, that that Cuban floral tone. And uh, the best examples of Regios that I've had, it's almost like a, uh, a chorus of floral notes where you're getting like different types of floral notes that all kind of amalgamate together and it, and it, and it comes together in this cohesive, complex um, blend. And uh, also I find this cigar has a lot of strength to it. And you don't expect it from such a, a bright floral flavored cigar. You wouldn't expect it to be so strong. Yeah. But for me, me personally, I find these to to be among the more powerful Habanos. Um, and uh, right now, as I'm getting into the last third, I'm starting to pick up like other types of notes, uh, like a very sugary, almost like a bubblegum type note. Mm. And it's it's really interesting. It reminds me of pink bubblegum. <laughs> and it's combining with that like flowery taste. And, and it really... It it really is a, a very enjoyable cigar. I've, I haven't had a Regios in a while. So when Gizmo and I were speaking last night, and we were talking about what we might you know have on the show today, uh, when I when I threw out the idea for the Regios and uh, he agreed to it, I was like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna smoke a Regios tonight. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I'm so thankful so, Rooster had them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He had Thanks a great box. Stuff. And actually, I can't believe, all? I mean, you know, the serendipity of it that, that Dan had a box code that was within what, six similar. months of, yeah. of, of ours. Cool. So worked out very, very well. You know, another cigar that's extremely floral is the LGC, the MDL. MDO4. Yeah. 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 MDO number four. Oh, I mean, that's one of my yeah, favorite, yeah. favorite. We gotta, yeah. We're going to do that. We yeah, have to do that. Yeah. I mean, that is so floral. I mean, it's unbelievable. That's diff- that's different. That's different ball game, though. Than it this is cigar. Team. It is yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's a. It's a higher, in my opinion. It's a higher a, caliber it cigar. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. yeah, that's a king of. But of, I, but yeah. I think it's a smaller it's, ring gauge. But yeah. the flavor the that delivery you get out of that, it's I mean, it's, it's uh, phenomenal. Oh my goodness, uh, it's such an elegant cigar. Yeah, it really just it really is. That's a perfect word for it. Elegant. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about that very slow. Yeah. Very slow. Yeah, you can't rush that one. Can't rush that. You know, I don't understand why they're not making them more. Yeah, you know, the know. demand is there. People yeah, want them. Indeed, most definitely. They do. They do want yeah, them. They're, you know. they're, they're kind of getting away with the smaller ring gauges. Seems like you know. I mean, it's it's it takes a roller maybe the same amount of time, and you get more bang for the buck if you roll a bigger cigar. 
and especially you know for the American market, maybe for the European market, there's still like a smaller ring gauge. But in the U.S., yeah. I don't know if how many people really go for a like a 36, 38 ring gauge. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, you know, that's that's something I love about Cuban cigars, though, is that it for decades it was unsullied by American consumerism. You know, think about everything about American market cigars versus Cuban cigars. Okay. American market cigar, you go to the shop, you pick out what you want, you take it out of the cellophane, and you could smoke it that day, or you can throw it in your humidor and come back to it later. There's no waiting. Um, there's no uh there's no sick period or anything like that. Uh there's generally no availability problems on a particular line or you're not going to have to wait uh years for it to come back out i mean some cigars might be more difficult to get than others due to the way that they're uh distributed to shops like you know what what fuente does yeah you know dropping a opus at uh christmas and father's day i think is when they start uh filling out allocations or whatever but um you know to to me uh you know, Cuban cigars, it's almost like tending to a garden, you know, where you're adding new things to that garden. And every so often you're uh, you're you're adjusting your storage uh, techniques and whatnot to, to uh, accommodate the uh, conditions of that particular cigar. Like, you know, if that cabinet, if you're starting to feel the cigars inside getting too dry, you might throw the, a Boveda pack inside. A, actually, it's a Boveda. Excuse me. I always pronounce that. Uh, or if the cigars are starting to feel too spongy, you pull that Boveda pack out of the cabinet and you you maybe put it uh, next to it instead or something or just. Um, but uh, the um, American attitude towards cigars and, and ring gauge, it seems uh, circling back to my point. It's like almost like the, uh, the SUV craze in America. <laughs> where yeah. the, the bigger yeah. is better yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. i got my truck lifted with 35 inch tires and and you know uh we're gonna send you an 80 ring gauge cigar one, <laughs> one, one of the guys at this lounge he smokes one every day every day pretty much 80 ring gauge <laughs> we might send him along as well <laughs> if you have any we're technical issues if you have any room at your if you have any room in your in your house just, we're gonna just, send him along we'll send him with the cigar yeah, take him. just take him <laughs> no but i think you're you know you're you know it's a fair point i mean you, you you're I, I i like how you describe tending to a garden i think that that's that's interesting right because you're you're tending to your humidor and you're 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 changing your storage based on what you're acquiring and and you're staging cigars out based on maybe what you're going to smoke you know if based on the way they feel so i i just you're right it's kind of like this instant gratification and bigger is better thing in the american market where it's like yeah yeah i'm gonna well i'm just gonna walk and what do i need to keep a humidor for I'll just walk into JR Cigar and yep. and buy this or that. You know, I've had people look at my tower and they go, 
what do you need all those cigars for? I go, <laughs> you just don't understand. <laughs> you, know, you don't Why get don't it. Why don't I need them? <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you, why don't I need them? Well, right. Well, like, well, what are you planning on? Like having a big, cause they don't understand, you know, you've got stuff aging in there. You have stuff you're smoking and it is like a garden, you yeah. know, and you're backfilling your collection and you're, you're front loading it and trying to, you know, trying to keep a collection. And I don't know if, People do people really collect like New World cigars? Like people collect Cubans? I just, I mean, I think it, collect? I, but I think, I think it's different they though. They I think do? It's, yeah, yeah it's I do, but I think it's different. Collect. Right? I mean, to me, the Cuban thing, the thing that distinguishes Cubans uh for me, to kind of go off of all your points, is that it's almost it's like more challenging. You know, it's 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 more of a struggle. There's a little more suffering. Well, the source, you know, right? trying to keep your Cubans right and smoke them well, and keep well, the, also also you know, they're rolled fresh. And yeah, right. and so it's, to me, it's look, more of it's more of a challenge, which I think makes it more intriguing. Yeah. To me. But if you look at a look at a Davidoff or a Padron, there's already like five to seven years of age yeah. on the um, you know by the time it's on the shelf. Yeah. So it doesn't require that much age. So you can just yeah. pick one up and smoke one, and you'll be very satisfied. Yeah. So the by the way, boys, the composite lizard score on the St. Louis Ray Regios is an eight point eight. Excellent score! Wow, excellent score! Yeah, strong recommend. Let's go, Dan. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Strong recommend. So Dan, the, uh, oh go ahead. Oh go ahead. No go ahead. Oh, I, I just wanted to uh, to to round out my previous point uh, in regards to ring gauge and whatnot, and uh, about you know the the American uh, cigar smokers uh, that that smoke American market cigars. Uh, some of these guys, you know, the, my friends, you know, coworkers or whoever that I've tried to uh, introduce to Cuban cigars, they don't enjoy them uh, for reasons that you might not expect. Uh, ring gauge maybe being one of them, but more often than not, they don't. They, some of them don't find those cigars, uh, Cuban cigars, particularly satisfying because they're so used to that blast of nicotine that you might get from a. Uh, from a Drew Estate or a uh, or a uh, diesel or or you know like the like a like a standard uh, you know American market cigar like, like Hernandez or whatever. Yeah, Liga. Yeah, I mean they these guys they want to be they want to get that nicotine buzz. Yeah. You know, and, and they don't you know they're not looking at cigars from like a connoisseur standpoint more than they're you know uh, looking at getting a nice head change from all that nicotine that's, you know, in these like Lajero bombs right. that, that, you know, uh, so like these Nicaraguan uh, cigars that, that are popular these days with, um, you know, just loaded and loaded with uh, Lajero primings and whatnot. And some companies do Nicaraguan tobacco really well. Uh, and, and, you know, the cigars can be strong, but elegant as hell. I mean, you know, like Padron, obviously, of course, those guys yeah, are masters at aging. I mean, they, they have tons and tons of reserves of, of well-aged, high-quality tobacco. Um, you know, Padron is like a, a – what's his name? Uh, Robert uh, Levin from uh, Ashton. He yeah. calls his uh, Ashton estate sun-grown. He calls it the Velvet Hammer because it's you know elegant on the flavors, but the, the strength creeps up on you. I think Padron does that really well. But uh, a lot of Cuban cigars don't deliver that same kind of oomph. And a lot, you know, sometimes 
uh, friends of mine that I've tried to introduce to Cuban cigars, they don't find the cigar satisfying because they're not getting that that same level of of you know they're not getting that that the strength. nicotine and well, everything it's because right. they yeah. don't they the, don't know the what strength. to look for they don't the know strength. what to look for no, but like yeah but that's yeah. not but that's not necessarily true they well yeah they don't know what to look for but they may just not want that maybe well, they don't have I don't think they're exposed to it exposed to it they can't get us to pagoda's point when 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 you go to a local shop how many guys do you see retrohaling? None. Yeah. None. That's yeah. a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. You know, that's something honest, that, don't help. Uh, that really <laughs> kind of sits more with the, with the Cuban cigar community. Uh, we tend to retrohale our cigars, uh, at least sometimes. You know, not everybody does. And, All the time. You know, All the time. We do, but, on, we do uh, on, know, on the pod. I retrohale we talk about almost every oh. draw I take. Yeah. It's a must, you know? I think. If I can't retrohale your cigar, I'm not going to enjoy your cigar. We'll mm. put it that way. So you want to ask why I don't smoke more New Worlds? That might be the biggest reason right there. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So, uh, so Dan, as we come to the end of the episode here, I want to leave the. Uh, I want to give our listeners and us. I mean, I open it up to you and everyone here. But uh, what are some action items that you can kind of give us and the listener uh, to first source authentic Cuban cigars to the best of their ability, but also know and check that they have authentic Cuban cigars, even in their humidor right now that they already have, like I did. You know, what are some of the things that that they and we can do um, to be better set up to not have fake Cuban cigars in our humidor? Okay. Um, well, the biggest thing is uh, who are your connections? You know, you want to learn how these cigars are distributed. You know, I touched on it a little bit earlier. Yeah. But if you want to be certain that you're going to get authentic product then deal with licensed sources you know learn about what la casa del habano is learn about habano specialists and habano's points um you know if you stick with retailers who source only from official supply chains then you're not going to have the issues that the gray market is dealing with right now um, the other thing is, you know, being involved with Cuban cigars, uh, knowledge is always power. So right now there's a retailer, a gray market retailer that they have more Cohiba than I've seen anybody have in the last year. Uh, and they have stuff that I haven't seen on the shelf in God knows how long. Siglo five cabinets. Uh, they have Medio Siglo and, and Siglo 6 and, and Cohiba Robustos in stock and whatnot. And this is a retailer that their, their regular selection is dismal on, a reg, on any given day. They might, you know, they, they, they're uh, a retailer that picks up uh, overstock from Spain and they sell them out of Canada. I'm talking about uh, RSVP cigars right now. Something like that to me is a red flag. Yeah, because if, know, it's, if it's too good to be true, it is right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Siglo Five, you barely see cabinets of those uh, circulating in the last few years. So to see this guy who is as gray market as gray market gets, all of a sudden have you know quantity of Siglo Five cabinets to sell, that to me strikes you know it strikes me as odd. Now, I'm not 
you know, I can't say for sure whether those particular cigars are counterfeit, but I can tell you right now that in general, a scenario like that, especially these days, is something I would avoid. Yeah. Um, so being patient and not necessarily making decisions with your wallet are the ways to, you know, ensure success uh, with with uh, your uh, Cuban cigar uh, purchasing hygiene. I, is it, I guess the best way. <laughs> hygiene. What, what a perfect. <laughs> what a perfect word. Hygiene. People, hygiene. People they get they get attracted to a deal. Yeah. You know, like Monte Fortuna had those Cohiba Robustos for twelve hundred bucks. Yep. And normally they're going for about fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a cabinet right now. So that's like a twenty five percent discount right there. Um, that's a lot. You know, especially today when when. You know, it's been proven time and time again uh, that they don't need to discount the cigars a single dollar and they'll still fly off the shelf. Yep. You know, there's people that are willing to buy them at any price. Uh, a lot of the newcomers that have come in, they're very aggressive in their buying practices. Uh, they check the sites every day. And the second that something comes up, uh, they're making posts on Reddit. Oh, Sir Winston back in stock at I Havana's. Boom, they're gone ten minutes later. Yeah, uh, I got so lucky last year with uh, the La Gloria Cubana uh, gold medal number fours because uh, it was like uh, I think it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday morning at like ten o'clock in the morning, and I just so happened to be at work, and my buddy texted me, um, and he's like, "Yo, go on uh, Cigars of Cuba right now. They have gold medal number four in stock." I was like, are you serious? And I, you know, that, those, were, those were off the shelf for about three years. And uh, I stopped what I was doing immediately, and I, I went on the website. I ordered a, I ordered a cabinet of uh, the uh, La Gloria Cubanas, and uh, I texted my buddy, and he got the text about five minutes later. He went to go order a box. They were gone. Yep. So, you know, it's just really kind of uh, being in the right place at the right time, but at the same time, like, you know, that vendor in particular, Cigars of uh, Cuba, they're one of the oldest uh, internet vendors. And uh, they operate out of the same warehouse as Cigar One and Top Cubans. Those are top tier uh, online vendors. And while they're technically gray market vendors, uh, they they uh, source about 90% of their product from their designated regional distributor. So almost everything you get from them comes from official supply chains and uh maybe you know maybe uh, you know some small amount of their cigars might come from another regional distributor but they don't deal further down the trough like some of these other uh gray market dealers like monte fortuna and whatnot yeah um and uh you know something that uh kind of aggravates me is uh you know people still want to buy cigars from Monte Fortuna even after this whole thing has come out with them. And uh, Monte Fortuna is still lying about uh, the situation that they've found themselves in with these counterfeits. First off, we have found from, and we have, you know, tons of photo evidence to back this up from, from people on Reddit, uh, Pyramides Extra and uh, Cohiba Bahike. And we have it, uh, we have them dead to rights on that. Uh, people were getting uh, UAO November 20 uh, boxes of Pyramides Extra from Monte Fortuna. 
And that, yeah, that code was retired at the end of 19, right? Y- yes. Uh, despite what Phoenicia will tell you, uh, that code is dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so. So really, it's, told, it's, it's about knowing it's really about knowing your vendor. Right. And and hoping that you're you're working with a, and you're purchasing from a vendor that that is that is doing the right thing and, and operating above board. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean. Right now, it's hard to say, you know, as far as know your vendor goes, because, you know, gray market vendors, we don't know where they're, we don't know where they're necessarily sourcing from. And while they might have always been reliable for twenty years or ten years, yeah. um, you know, things could change uh, rapidly, yeah. you know, given the the situation that we have right now. So, uh, a lot of people don't like waiting for something to come up on FOH, yeah. or they don't want to deal with. Uh, you know, a, a foreign tobacconist or a La Casa del Habano because they have to wait for, you know, inventory to come in and then they have to, you know, there might be a waiting list of people ahead of them. So it might take you a year and a half, two years to get that box that you've been chasing after. Yeah. So you gotta but, be, you gotta be patient. Yeah. That's, that's the safest way to do it though. So now, you know? now let's say you have cigars on the way, you have cigars in your humidor or you have a trusted vendor that you're pretty sure you know that that you're going to get authentic stuff. You mentioned the uh, the UV black light you can order from Amazon, right? So obviously, yeah. when when folks click the link in the episode description, they can see the photos that you shared of my box on Reddit, uh, the counterfeit robustos and what to look for and what you know. You also shared authentic versions. It was like a a B photos. So there's a lot of good information there. Yeah. So that's a good tell as well, right? Is being able to put that black light on the box. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like to push it too much because I feel like people have become way too reliant on, you know, just checking for security tells as far as like blacklight features and whatnot. Um, first off, all of those features have been copied. Yeah. As far as like, uh, you know, checking for the for the the uh, blacklight features in the in the bands and whatnot, like those blue squares that light up and everything. Uh, you know, you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep. So, so that's been copied. That little CHB lot code that shows up in the Cohiba bands, that's been copied. Yeah. Um, you know, just like the uh, the UV stamp has been copied, and uh, just by going off uh, aesthetics and whatnot, it could be it could be tough to to make that um, determination. But the, you know, we get lucky in the sense that no matter how well done counterfeits get. There always seems to be something little that gets screwed up. Yeah. So, you know, these particular fakes that came out, they would not have been identified if uh, we didn't know that the place where the digits uh, were in the UV stamp, that they had started rubbing them out. Uh, and I and I, came, I became hip to that because uh, somebody in Cuban Exchange sent me a photo of a box of Ramon Iona specially selected that they purchased from a bogus Costa Rican vendor. And I noticed that that UV stamp, uh, he showed me a picture of the warranty seal under a black light. I noticed that UV stamp, there was a space missing where the digits would have been. Wow. Uh, on all these other counterfeits that we were seeing. Um, so they're correcting their methods very quickly uh, because I put a video out in March uh, to the group about you know the stuff with the counterfeits and whatnot. And I uh, had it, you know, looking for the digits and the seal and every and the stamp and everything. And by 
uh, May or uh, June, they had already uh, erased the digits from the defective, uh, from the bogus uh, UV stamps. Wow. But, um, you know, familiarizing yourself with the serial number sequence, how that whole system works, yep. and making the serial number system work for you, um, that's a great way to, uh, to authenticate uh, right now because uh, it's very difficult for counterfeiters to stay with current serial numbers because they would have to update the serial numbers every month uh, or, you know, relatively regularly to uh, get uh, an accurate uh, portrayal of how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and man, this you shit, know, these guys this shit is scary. Man. It really is. There's a lot of, yeah, there's terrible. a lot of incentive and there's a lot of opportunity right now. Yep. By the way, yeah. Dan, I just went on the cigars of Cuba website. Everything's out of stock. Yep. That's a good sign that they're uh, an authentic vendor. Everything <laughs> is fortunate. Literally everything that we want is out of stock. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good sign. That's how it is right now. So when you start seeing a vendor that's flush with Cohiba, what does that tell you? Yeah. 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 And, and, and there might be a couple of exceptions. You know, there's, there's certain great market vendors that have been around for 25 years, 30 years, and they have connections beyond what the average vendor does. So you look at a guy, you know, like like uh, Ravi, uh, you know, that guy has got, <laughs> he has got a, a hoard of product, you know, going back decades. Yep. That's, you know, cigars of that's Cigars of Habanos. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, but his, yeah. his vintage prices. Yeah, they're through the roof. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're through the <laughs> roof. Yeah. He took his vintage section down when Bond Roberts went live. I think it was And now he up. sells on Bond Roberts. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's, wow, he's a part smart. of. Bon, I think he's a part of it. His, his bon logo Roberts. is on the bottom of Bon Roberts. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I wouldn't surprise you. Him and Rob have been friends for a long time. Yep, it's a good business yeah. move. Mm. Well, I mean, guys, what to, what an educational. There's night. a lot to learn. A lot to learn. Yeah, yeah it's it's absolutely. It, it's always a pleasure to uh, to talk to Dan and and uh, all of us. Uh, reach out to him uh for uh for support and uh education and advice so thank you for coming on the show tonight it's uh this was great oh, it was, it was great. really phenomenal. my pleasure yeah my pleasure. i i feel like this is going to be the first of many and, and certainly as there's more updates and there's more progress here or uh you know the opposite of progress i guess as things you know happen um dan we'd love to have you back on man this uh, this was absolutely fantastic and very educational time, for us, guys. you know. So, and that I cigar, by the way, thank you very much. That St. Louis, that St. Louis Ray, I want Regios more. was great. I want more. Yeah, I would like to get more. So awesome, guys! Dan, thanks again, man. You can check out Dan Cigar Salute on YouTube. Um, your email, Dan. Do you mind sharing that with listeners that they can get in touch if they have any uh, counterfeits? Yeah, um, I can always be reached uh, either on uh, Instagram Cigar underscore Salute. You can. Uh, you can instant message me there. Uh, you can get at me uh, via email, uh, cigarsalute at gmail.com. Uh, those are the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. Awesome. And, and, and listeners uh, can certainly always email us as well. We're glad to help. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. Tell us, you know, if you do find uh, that you have a box of these cigars, certainly share it with Dan uh, and, and us if you'd like. Um, you know, the more information that Dan has to complete this uh, investigation to keep it going the better you know yeah yeah um 
you know, anybody who uh, might be listening to this, uh, if you, if you have uh, purchased from uh, gray market vendors in 2021 and 2022, uh, I greatly appreciate it. If you could take a look at your inventory and uh, just check um, your warranty seals and your serial numbers for the, uh, the defects that are covered in the uh, the Monty Fortuna Reddit post, which I believe is still pinned up there. It is, and I'll put it. It's um, in the episode description of this episode, so listeners can great, just click yeah. on that. It'll open right to your your post. You'll see my comments and all of our comments, all the uh, all the Reddit folks going back and forth. You know that'll be there. Very cool. Because uh, uh, Greg Springer, I just want to shout him out real quick because Greg is the one who uh, who saw that these uh, these fakes that that uh, that I had. Uh, talked about earlier in the year he was the one who who uh made the connection to monte fortuna um and uh you know greg and i have been working together on this the issue with the ret with reddit and whatnot uh, and he and i have been trying to collect as much data as possible from people we're trying to get a snapshot of how the market actually looks right now we, you know, so it's not just Monty Fortuna that we want to know about because we know about Monty Fortuna now, but we've started to collect evidence on three other retailers. Okay, I'll say that I won't say who just yet because we're, we're just waiting to get as much evidence as possible. Uh, but uh, uh, three other retailers. It's not good. What are we doing? This is not is, good. Is one of them out of Cyprus? <laughs> oh, we know where you're going. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, God, no. All right, we'll table we'll table that for another day, guys. We'll table that for another day. All right, boys, let's get back to optimism for a second. <laughs> we had a great cigar hey, tonight, a great yes. conversation, fantastic. An eight point eight for the St. Louis Ray Regios. Uh, Dan, what a pleasure having you on again. Thank you so very much for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. Pleasure Absolutely. was all mine, gentlemen. And uh, like I said, like we said, check out Dan at Cigar Salute. And um, awesome. Dan, we'll see you next time, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Keep smoking. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, loungelizardspod, P-O-D, that's loungelizardspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week.